Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining us today at I-80 Sports. This is the 2021 Minnesota United season preview. Only two teams left to go in the whole league, and you think I would have nailed the en- entrance, the intro by now? Still has yet to happen, but we are joined today by Mark Fangmeyer from the 55-1 podcast. Mark, let us know a little bit about yourself and what you're up to. Um, Yes, like I said, uh, I am one of the co-hosts on the 55-1 podcast out of Minnesota. Uh, basically, we cover uh, Minnesota soccer, but mostly focus on Minnesota United. Um, yeah, I've been... The podcast has been going strong for a number of years now. And um, yeah, you can find us on all of our normal kind of podcast platforms at uh, the at 55.1 podcast. And we're on Twitter at uh, 55.1, all spelled out. And then I'm on Twitter at um, MR Fangmeyer. So check me out there. And if you're watching ID Sports for the first time, make sure you click subscribe down there. You can find us idsports.com, youtube.com backslash i80sports. And anywhere you listen to podcasts, type in ID Sports, we'll be there. Make sure you guys subscribe and make sure you guys check out the 55-1 podcast. Let's get right into it, Mark. We're going to start with club culture, club history. I'd assume most people watching this video are Major League Soccer fans, but not Minnesota United supporters. What would you want them to know about your club? Uh, Yeah, I mean, we actually have a pretty deep history as far as this club goes, um, going all the way back to about 1990. Uh, in 1990, the Minnesota Thunder were formed as like an amateur team by Minnesota soccer coaching legend Buzz, Buzz Lagos. Um, they kind of stayed like a all-star amateur team until 1995 when they um, joined the USISL Pro League. Uh, they were in that until 1999 when they joined the USL A-League, which eventually became the USL First Division. Um, they kept going strong in USL play uh, until their final season back in 2009. Basically, the owner of the Minnesota Thunder um, was a big real estate guy, and everyone knows that 2008 was not the best time for real estate folks, and team went under. Um, following that, the current iteration of what the franchise and team kind of is kind of started to take place. Uh, National Sports Center, which is a... Um, sports complex up in uh, the suburbs north of Minneapolis. Uh, basically, the front office folks for the Minnesota Thunder, uh, working with the National Sports Center, decided to start a team. Um, they were in the USSF Division II Professional League um, for the first season 2010. Uh, 2011, they joined the inaugural um, season of the newly formed uh, NASL, where they were known as the um, National Sports or the NSC Minnesota. Um, 2011, they won the championship, the cup, the inaugural season of the NASL, the new NASL. Um, eventually in 2012, they changed their name to the Minnesota Stars FC. Uh, as part of joining the NASL, they were actually league owned and they kind of had a mandate after the end of the 2012 season that they either needed to, um, they needed to find a new owner or they were going to just, uh, be contracted. And it basically the supporters, uh, kind of, turned that into a nickname and we were out we called ourselves the the team that nobody wanted and uh but at the end of uh 2012 in november that was when uh current minnesota united lead owner dr bill mcguire uh bought the team from the nasl uh late next season 2013 that's when it was rebranded as minnesota united fc uh played there in the nasl until 2016 and then 2017 uh made the jump to mls and yeah here we are now and as far as supporters go i mean that's I mean, our supporters kind of go back 
to that history, which I mean, Minnesota United's largest supporters group are called the Dark Clouds, which was based on the original like Minnesota Thunder supporters group. So we have a pretty long storied kind of like minor league uh, history to the club going all the way back for you know a number of decades. Absolutely. From the club that nobody wanted to this, you know, beautiful Allianz field. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Oh, man, it is beautiful. It's um, it's still it still just amazes me, like um, because when they were the Thunder, they were actually playing um, in a high school uh, soccer stadium that was about, um, you know, maybe about a half mile away from where Allianz Field is now. And just the contrast between like it's it's a dream to walk into Allianz Field in St. Paul. Um, it's a, you know, 20,000. Uh, capacity stadium uh the south end is standing room only supporter section um it's super loud we have the north end is a giant beer hall that has like 90 some taps available um and yeah it's it's a beautiful atmosphere uh even the design of the stadium like they did it very european style where um the field has a slight raise to it compared to where like the first row of seating is and like there's not the like like at dc how you see like suites or whatever on the pitch side they just have seats it's very european feeling it's an awesome place to watch a match it's very very intimate and um i can't wait to get back there because they're finally hosting uh folks again this year absolutely and i i would be- beg uh you know u.s soccer to have more friendlies there because that's what i want to see i want to see some you know november Concacaf games up in minnesota up there with the wonder wall it's going to be a great place for for u.s soccer and it just looks absolutely beautiful you got your wonder wall set up there yeah there is talk of i think uh one of the um upcoming this fall have them all the, have them all <laughs> i i know i know if you're going to take over columbus as the home of uh u.s soccer please <laughs> that's why I'd, I'd love to play mexico up there in the snow negative five degrees on a random tuesday and no one bats an eye love it minnesota you guys are coming for us okay let's talk about the 2020 season let's do a little brief recap minnesota united went nine five and seven in 2020 with 36 goals scored 26 goals conceded they're in 34 points on their way to a playoff berth you had kevin molino nine goals four assists robin load seven goals five assists ethan finlay four goals two assists Emmanuel Reynoso, one goal, seven assists. John Gregus, one goal, six assists. And Romain Metinier with four assists. Now, Mark, if you had to talk about the 2020 season, what like overarching theme or or what takeaway do you have? Uh, it's all about Reynoso and what he did. Um, honestly, I believe uh, after, because he was signed by Minnesota. So uh, he they started pursuing him in January of 2020 uh from boca juniors finally signed him uh and got him transferred in august and um i believe in 2020 as far as like matches that he started we only lost two and those were against columbus and seattle so we lost to the eventual mls cup champions and the mls cup runner-up and that's those are only losses when he started he uh was just he transformed our team and just our attack altogether. um if, if i could pull up those stats um you know, I said he had seven assists. That was like over five games. Like if you look at what he did during the regular season, he had an assist against Chicago. Then he had a goal and two assists against FC Dallas, two assists against Colorado. Sporting KC looked excellent in the playoffs. And I just told him they got Reynoso'd three assists in that playoff game. And then even though they lost a goal and an assist against Seattle. So definitely a game changer. And we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But if we talk about 2020 for me, it's kind of that we've hyped up the wrong guy in the preseason. All preseason, we were talking about uh, uh, Luis Amarillo, who promised 30 goals, you know, 28 of which he never scored. 
But then this other kid, Robin Lode, comes in. Excellent all year long. Um, a goal and an assist for Finland for, for his country during the 2020 season as well. Lots of production over the second half of the season, including a six-game streak with either a goal or an assist in late October and into the playoffs. So we kind of have those two storylines. We hyped up the wrong guy in the preseason, and then we got a, an absolute game-changer uh, right before playoffs. Yeah, and Robin Lude is funny just because uh, when he first arrived, he w- came in during the summer window of the 2019 season. So he came in, you know, pretty, and he was kind of hyped as at the time our second, uh, like highest paid player on the team, and he just did not perform at all. He was playing in the left wing, did not really perform at all, and that kind of continued for a little while. And then uh, he always played right wing for with his national team with his club, and. They finally put him out on the right and he just clicked. And then like once we kind of got into issues where we didn't really have a, you know, Amaria was uh, injured. Kai Kamara, like at the striker, wasn't doing well. He ended up sliding in as like yeah. a false nine striker as well. Like he's very versatile to kind of play. And it just worked for him. Like once you got kind of got him off that left side and got him on the right side where he's a little more comfortable, uh, it clicked. And it was, he, yeah, hopefully that continues this year as well. Well, I, I have some bad news for you when I bring up my depth chart in just a couple minutes, but I do want to coach, uh, touch on the coach and tactics. You have coach Adrian Heath. If I was to watch Minnesota United for one of the first times, what would I see? Um, yeah, he, we usually come out in a four, two, three, one. Um, he really, in, really, really likes to do a high press, really kind of have our, um, attackers really get after defenders and, um, force them to play out deep. Um, yeah. And then back we have our back four which are kind of solid and we always and we have ozzy alonzo so we kind of always have an enforcer kind of up in front which um he's getting a little bit older and i think he only ended up playing like 10 matches last season um but hopefully will trap who we also brought in in off season will kind of do well to kind of fill in for you know an aging kind of ozzy absolutely i like looking at uh, a team by playing minutes and it just seems like the best teams, if you look at the playing minutes, it's always the defense that is the most consistent. And if you look at last season, number one in minutes, Romain Metinier. Number two, Michael Boxall. Then you got Greg Goosh, Laud, Gasper, Molina. Uh, you know, it's just, it's it's nice to see a little bit of consistency up there. And that's why, hey, you guys had a great season. 36 goals, 26 against. It's a lot of goals, not very many against. It's a winning recipe. Let's talk a little bit about the depth chart. We've already touched on just a few pieces. I made a depth chart. I'm not someone in the know. I just made one using kind of historical data and, uh, you know, FIFA ratings. It all works now in 2020, right? Um, this is what I came up with. Up top, I assume it's going to be Robin Lode, but you do have Juan Agudelo, who is a very tempting piece because it's like, I feel like he's still 16. You still want to see if we can get Juan Agudelo to be that guy. And then out on the left, I have Robin Lode and Hansen. On the right, Ethan Finlay and... Uh, Tim Wayne's little brother. <laughs> uh, so no, cousin, actually. Cousin, sorry. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Um, how do you see the, you know, out of these top three attackers, how do you see the breakdown? Uh, yeah. And actually, we also just signed um, from uh, Boca Juniors, uh, Juan Chope as well. So uh, we have a new kind of striker as well. So um, Roman uh, Abila is probably, he, I don't know if he'll be, uh, you know, come Friday when we're playing against Seattle, if he'll be in the starting lineup yet because. I don't know if he's played much since January. I, I would say no on that one, but yeah. it does mean that uh, Juan Aguadella is in an even softer pencil at the top of that. Yeah, one. exactly. And um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, 
I mean, ideally, I would prefer to see uh, Robin Lude uh, start on the right, have Hansen start on the left, and then have Finley kind of come in as a super sub, um, just because of how productive Lude has been, uh, you know, previously in the last season on the right. Um, yeah, and going forward, we are also uh, in the process of, I, I believe, uh, Jeff Ruder from the Athletic Report yesterday that we we're very close to signing a new TAM level left winger from Argentina as well, twenty-seven year old, and so. If we can get that guy in as well, um, I think just giving uh, Reynoso as many options as possible for where he can just drop a ball in on a dime is the best thing going forward. And if you just look at our last year, um, kind of how we scored, all of our scoring came from the wings last year. And it'd be nice to diversify that a little bit to get a little bit more production from our strikers. Um, I think last year combined all of our strikers combined for four goals last year. So there's no place to go but up with our strikers this year. And um, yeah, if we can do that, I think we'll have another hugely successful season as far as the scoring goes and um, lighting up the goal. So, yeah, I believe that was two goals for uh, Emeria and two goals for uh, who else was up there? I think Kai Kamara had a had one, and maybe Mason Toy had one. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. So, yeah, you're not going to get worse at the striker position, that's for sure. And hey, <laughs> no. you had a great season with it with Emmanuel Reynoso. I I kind of have him as one of those plug and play guys. Anyone around him. Anyone around him is going to be putting up those numbers, and I wouldn't be very—I would not be surprised to see two ten-goal scores on this Minnesota United team. Yeah, no, and because there's a lot of talk. Because obviously, um, in the offseason, Kevin Molino, who had a huge season for us, was our leading scorer, um, left and uh, signed a new contract with uh, Columbus. And so, a lot of the talk is, you know, how are we ever going to replace Kevin Molino? And I think that uh, it shouldn't be too difficult i mean not saying that kevin Molino wasn't great because he was but also kevin Molino is very hot and cold in that he's often injured and so when he is playing he's very good but i think if you can kind of put anybody i, I shouldn't say you can't put anybody but with reynoso it's gonna be a lot easier to find a replacement who can click because he looks like he can just kind of click with anybody yeah that's what we've seen and and we see it in five games he, he came he hit the ground running absolutely last season Let's take a step back and talk about the defense. Now I have Osvaldo Alonso at center defensive midfield. Jean Gregus kind of more as the number eight. And you have Dotson and Trapp somewhere on the depth chart. Two guys who would start on 20 major league soccer teams. So talk about this pecking order and, and how you feel this center midfield is going to shape up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a very good problem to have to have that much talent. Um, like I said, last year, um, Ozzy, I mean, he's... Um, in his mid thirties now, he's you know not he only played for ten. He only made it in, with some injuries. Uh, he only made it in ten matches last season. Um, having him and uh, Grey Goose is a fantastic partnership. Uh, but bringing in Will Trap as a because one thing that we were kind of lacking was a solid um, you know defensive midfielder besides Ozzy because Dotson, uh, while he can play the six, he kind of is better fitted to play as an eight. And so I think having trap being able to kind of switch off, maybe have trap start and have Ozzy come in, you know, late in the game when you're trying to hold on to a lead that could work. Um, and then also um, Greg Goose is going to be off on international duty quite a bit. He's going to be in the euros with Slovakia. And so um, Dotson is definitely going to have some opportunities, especially now that the um, U20 us U 23s aren't going to be in the Olympics. He'll be around for the entire summer. And um, so I think Dotson's going to get a lot of opportunities to kind of play that eight role to see if he can start pushing Gregus for some more minutes as well in that in that formation. 
And also when you have Osvaldo Alonso, who's going to be 35 years old this season, it, it helps to have these guys for midweek games. You would assume a lot of these guys are going to be playing those Wednesday games when they drop in the middle of the summer. So exactly. a lot of good stuff from that midfield, a lot of depth on this Minnesota United squad. Let's talk about their back line because your back line was pretty good last year. I have Chase Gasper out left, Romain Metinier out right, and you got Debassi, Icopara, Boxall, and Raitala. Again, four center backs that you can choose from. What is the pecking order? What is your top pairing? Um, Yeah, the our top pairing would definitely be, um, in an ideal world, would be Boxall and um, Icopara. Sadly, um, it sounds like that uh, the Miss United is getting close to a point where they're going to be buying out Icopara's um, contract soon because due to like ongoing concussion issues because that kept him out for most of last season. And so far, Ike hasn't played any of the um, preseason at, with the club at all either. So it sounds like, unfortunately, Ike won't be a part of that back line this year. Um, but yeah, still, we have a fair amount of depth. Um, Debassi was great when we brought him in last summer. Um, Boxel is just a rock on that back line of center back. Um, I mean, I think he was playing last year a number of games in the playoffs with a separated shoulder and just playing through it. Um, Chase Gasper um, on the left at fullback. We also brought in um, Yukura Tala, who can also play left back. Um, we have Metnair on the right, and um, we brought in – oh, man, what is his name? Uh, we brought in a guy from uh, – a fullback from um, North Carolina – to kind of back him up too. And then we have some other depth at uh, center back. So we have a, still have a very solid line. The only issue would be if Michael Boxel ever went down injured, that would be basically him and Reynoso are the, the keys to our team right now. And like, because he's Reynoso is the, the rock for our attack and um, Boxel is the rock for our um, back line and our defense. So if either of those guys go down, um, that could be problematic. But if both those guys are healthy, we're looking really, really good. And last but not least, you got Dane St. Clair, goaltender, played for San Antonio in the USL Championship during most of last season, came up in, I guess that would be like September, early September, had a pretty good go. He's still your starting goaltender and, you know, something about the hair, I don't know, he just, he's so easily recognizable on the field. Um, what does he bring to your team? He's only 23 years old, Canadian. Yeah, he really felt he's he did very very well last year coming in a very very difficult situation. Uh last year Tyler Miller, our starting goalkeeper uh previously of LAFC, uh went down uh after the MLS's back tournament uh with a hip injury ended up having surgery on both hips. Uh he's back this year. Uh supposedly fully recovered. Um but yeah, Dane came in and we actually went to um our um before recalling him because of COVID protocol, we had to have um, the our backup kind of play and we lost you know three matches in a row with him and i think he ended up putting in like eight or nine goals uh and then dan came in and like he is just a solid shot stopper um his distribution is getting better it's pretty good um and then yeah he's just learning as he goes but he's been great for us and actually this shows i, mean, I believe he's going to be called in for uh gold cup this year for canada um for um as one of their goalkeepers for the national team um so yeah so it'll be nice to have with the gold cup and everything that we'll have both tyler miller and daisy and claire and yeah i mean adrian heath has said that it's going to be uh a, it's still a battle to see who's going to be starting i think it would be wise to keep going with daisy yeah. and claire and developing him Saint uh, had seven clean sheets during last season too i mean his if you look at his uh stop percentage even in the playoffs i mean he had three straight shutouts three straight three zero win shutouts in a row where he saved four goals 
six uh, shots against Colorado, another four shots against Sporting KC. So to me, that's the hot hand. Yeah, he's awesome. And so I, I'm super excited. And, and also let it from a GM kind of standpoint and roster management, if you could eventually after the gold cup before the you know the transfer window closes kind of sell or trade tyler miller somewhere and just use that money to you know reinvest in maybe the back line it'd be phenomenal because like right now we have two very good like top five top 10 mls level goalkeepers on our roster which is kind of amazing yeah it's a problem that a lot of people wish to have but i always say that goalie is like it's like a closer in baseball it's like something that's reserved for the good teams the bad it doesn't matter if you're bad if you don't have a goalie but that's definitely a good problem to have dane st Clair definitely a player to watch for me during the 2021 season let's talk about players to watch is there anyone that we've missed so far anyone stand out maybe lower on the depth chart that you think could take that next step up um i mean Everyone wants Dotson to really, really step up this year, especially after um, how well he showed um, in the um, Olympic qualifying uh, for the U23 national team. Uh, and the nice thing is that he, he's always been uh, – the nice thing is that with some of the depth that Minnesota has added this year, specifically um, in our full, in fullback, is that um, last year, whenever you know Metnair was out on international duty, um, Dotson was our automatic fill-in at – right at um, right fullback and he also you know he fill in for ozzy as a number six but he definitely looks best as a number eight who can kind of push forward a bit more and do a little bit more attacking and he has with um Jan gregus in the lineup and just how solid uh gregus has been he hasn't had the opportunity to play that position as much so i'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do while Jan is away just so we can kind of like it's just exciting to see him in his best position and see what he can do. So that's who I'm most looking forward to. And then um, we'll see. We have, like I said, you, um, we signed uh, Patrick Wea, who um, we'll see what he can do. It's funny, like for a 17-year-old, he looks like he's about 28. Uh, he, and he just looks awesome on some of the highlights that we've seen from preseason so far. Apparently, he's doing very well. And uh, McMaster, who is another one of our um, uh, super draft picks, Justin McMaster, uh he has also been looking very very good this year uh he's coming back from i believe it was an acl injury and if it wasn't for the acl he probably would have gone you know top five generation adidas in the draft instead we got him kind of later in the first round so kind of hopefully that was a sleeper pick that we can really kind of optimize and get on the field and get some minutes absolutely now you've been kind of a realist with us most of this time i want you to be an optimist for a minute i want you to tell us what is the top for this team what what is the ceiling and what needs to happen for Minnesota United to reach their ceiling in 2021? Uh, I mean, I think we demonstrated last year, like we were 10 minutes away from making uh, the MLS Cup finals. And I think uh, hardware this year is a very, very realistic goal for us. And in order to achieve that, I mean, basically, we had a lot of issues with injuries last year, as a lot of teams did with the com- you know compact kind of season that they did last year. And it's going to be the same this year. So I w- Thankfully, they added a lot of depth this year to hopefully get us through any sort of injuries. But yeah, so long as we can stay healthy. And I mean, we're also looking to bring in a DP striker um, basically um, from France in late May once the um, uh, league season ends there. So if we can bring that in, maybe get a TAM player on the left wing to complement everybody. Like We'll have a solid, solid attacking core, um, solid defensive core. And like I said, if we stay healthy, I think... In an optimist, optimist, in an ideal world, we'll beat LAFC in the Western Conference Finals, and then we'll beat Columbus in the uh, uh, MLS Cup Finals, and we can win the cup. Love to hear that. 
For me, it's kind of, you know, just kind of the same old thing. Reynoso needs to lead the league in assists and you need a 10 goal score. And if those things happen, you guys got a real good shot. Before we go, Mark, tell us one more time about yourself, about the 55-1 podcast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, 55-1 podcast, uh, it's been around for a while. Um, it is a group of, there's four of us that are kind of the, uh, Wes is the main host. And then there's uh, the other three of us. Um it's just, um, you know, a bunch of it's four guys who love soccer in Minnesota, and we uh, talk a lot about Minnesota United. And, um, yeah, you can be found on all of the kind of major uh, podcast platforms uh, by looking for uh, the 55.1 podcast. Mark, thank you so much for joining us here today, and thank everyone at home for watching IED Sports. Yep. Yeah.